Let's start our time of worship this morning by going to God in prayer. You may have noticed uh, last week on the bulletin we had Acts prayer, A-C-T-S, uh, adoration. We're going to address God and adore God. We're going to confess our sins together. We're going to give thanks for all that God has done for us. And then we're going to bring our supplications or prayer requests before God. So let's pray. God Almighty, the transcendent one who holds all things in hand, the source of life itself, we come to you now. We recognize you as the one who is worthy of our worship, the one who is worthy of our praise. We are grateful that you hear us as we come together this morning. We long to hear a word from you. But we know that we can't do that if we have things that come in between us and you, namely our sins. And so we want to confess those right off the bat, Lord. The things that we have done this week, the things that we've left undone, the ways in which we have not carried out the commands of Jesus, that we have not walked faithfully as disciples, that we have let good opportunities to be salt and light fall through the cracks, that we have been turned inward, focusing on ourselves and our own needs and the things that we have to get accomplished rather than looking with the eyes of Jesus out into the, the field of harvest before us. Forgive us, Lord. We know that you do forgive us. We know that if we just admit our guilt to you, that all of that junk that's within us is cleared away so that we might receive your forgiveness, that you are always ready to give, that you're pouring out on us even as we're running away at times. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to live and to die and to be raised again for us. Thank you for the gift of music and musicians so that we can worship you in a myriad of ways, singing being one of them. I'm thankful for this church that's gathered here. I'm thankful for the sunshine that's streaming in our windows this morning after so many days of cold and ice and rain. We're grateful that nothing stays the same, that it changes, and that the sun comes out again. Lord, as we gather before you this morning, we know that you already know all things. You know us intimately, inside and out. But you also ask that we bring to you the things that are concerning us, even though you know those. And so we want to do that. This morning we want to call out names and situations that are heaviest on our hearts. We ask you to lift the burden from our shoulders so that we might worship freely this morning. But we also ask you to work in the lives of these individuals and situations uh, in ways so greater than we can even comprehend that we wouldn't worry about it, but leave it in your capable hands. And so as we call these out, we ask that, Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayer. Barry Barna. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nancy DeBoss. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sarah Gaston. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Biggs family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Jimmy Lucas. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. John Paul Driggers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Greg Calaveras. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Brother Stacy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Mike Hodson. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. James Cooley. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Elizabeth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Our new bishop. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. A young Houston fireman that fell through a roof yesterday. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Linda Stone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Continue to answer prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. The people of Memphis, Tennessee. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Unspoken prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Men's and women's walk. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. The people continue having COVID. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Tim and Emily, as they make their changes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. All those affected with electrical issues. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, so many prayer requests this morning, and yet I know that there are some that are not even spoken this morning. Maybe because we don't know how to form the words, uh, because we're too afraid to say it out loud. Uh, we wonder if anything can really be done at all. Some situations so grave and um, disastrous. And so we ask you to take those too. Take those. Free us if just for an hour so we can worship you freely. Remove the worry from our hearts and minds. We can pick it back up when we walk out the door, although I know you don't want us to. And so I just pray that you would do a, a movement, that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way this morning. May you be praised, glorified, and worshipped in all things that we say and do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we have any kids that want to come forward for children's time this morning? Good morning. How are y'all this morning? Y'all don't see on Facebook, but these guys are back behind the camera helping out some days too. They're they're sitting in our station and uh, wearing usher tags because they help out all sorts of ways. Yes, isn't it awesome how they, they step up to serve? Well, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever heard about the golden rule? No, yes and no? Have you ever heard, treat other people the way you want to be treated? All right, good. So then you have heard of it. You just didn't hear it called the golden rule. So a lot of people think that this is something that society just kind of came up with. But did you know it's actually from scripture? 
It's actually in our Bible verse today. Jesus preaches this really long sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. It has lots of different good advice in there about how we should be and how we should live and how we should treat one another. But then he sums it all up in a sentence or two. And guess what that sentence is? It's do unto others like you would have them do to you. Treat other people the way you would want to be treated. Pretty good advice, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to go learn a little bit more about that in Children's Church in just a minute. But before we do, would you guys like to pray with me today? All right. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help us to live like you want us to live. By treating other people the way you wish to be treated. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go, guys. Well, let's read the end of this Sermon on the Mount with the golden rule that she referenced. We are in Matthew chapter 7 today, verses 1 through 14 and 24 through 29. Listen now for a word from the Lord. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn around and maul you. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Everyone who hears then these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to God. be to God. Let's pray. 
God, may my words uh, proclaim what you want us to hear this morning. I'm but a flawed individual, and this is but my interpretation of the scriptures this week, but I pray that you would use them nonetheless. Amen. So have you ever heard the, uh, the phrase, the path of least resistance? You've heard that before. People say it's kind of like one of those sayings we have, what goes up must come down. Uh, I looked this up. These are called uh, folk physics. Folk physics, meaning these are observations that common people like us have made. And based on what we observe, we kind of come up with some kind of quasi-scientific uh, rule. And so we say, you know, we look at water and we go, well, every time I see water, it's flowing downhill. We look at electricity. Electricity always follows the best conductor. Therefore, things in the world follow the path of least resistance. Now, scientists will tell you that folk physics are right sometimes, but they're not always right. We know that not everything that goes up must come down. If it goes fast enough, it'll get into space and it's going to stay up there until we bring it back down. Right? So folk physics, they work sometimes. But I think perhaps in the case of human activity, this saying, the path of least resistance, might just be true most of the time. At least it is for me. I don't know about for you. But I do whatever I can to avoid the least of, uh, to, to avoid the hardest work that I have to do. I had a friend that used to say, a work smarter, not harder, right? You've heard that before too? Meaning, pick the, la the path of least resistance. We avoid confrontation. We want life to be lived with the least amount of effort or thought. At least I do. Maybe, maybe not for you guys. You might all be hard workers. But I look for the easiest way. And I think that Jesus, as he's wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount... Uh, challenges this human inclination that I see. Now, we have been in the Sermon on the Mount for three weeks now. It's a three-chapter sermon, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And some people think that chapter 7 is when Jesus kind of just started cranking out his greatest hits. He's just like bam, 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 bam. He, all these nuggets of wisdom that he's laying out. But I think that the, the, the first set here, we could look at these as individual nuggets of truth and wisdom, or maybe we can tie them together. And we were looking at Jocelyn's last week as we were sitting down to breakfast, and we were looking at the first set of things that Jesus says, and we said, what if we could tie this together? What comes out of, of that? Jesus starts by saying, do not judge so that you may not be judged. Now, while that seems straightforward enough, he's talking about two-by-fours in the eye and specks in the eye and worrying about yourself and not others. It's pretty easy to understand, harder to follow, right? But, but I conceive the idea, don't judge other people. Like, you've got enough to worry about in your own life, and so just fix yourself and let people fix themselves. I could spend my whole life uh, working on that, working on being someone who doesn't judge other people. And just when you think you understand that bit of wisdom, those perhaps marching orders from Jesus, then he ends this section of the text, and again, it could be a separate thing, but if we tied it together, he ends this section with, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Now, that, that, that saying to me is a little bit troubling. 
Um, but I think what Jesus is saying there is that there are certain people in your life or in your sphere of influence that are worthy of certain things, and you should not give them those things. Now, who these people are and what the things are that we should and should not be giving them, he doesn't really say, at least not at this point. But that's not what caught me at Jocelyn's. What caught me at Jocelyn's is, now wait a minute, Jesus, you just said, do not judge, lest you be judged. We all understand that commandment. We all judge anyway, but we understand that commandment. But then you tell me to go and to judge between the dogs and the regular folks and make sure I withhold holy things from the dogs. Which is it? Which is it, Jesus? Am I to never judge people or am I to lay down some harsh judgment and decide who gets what from, from me or from whatever, whatever it is that's holy. I thought about the Pharisees, not all the Pharisees. I don't want to lump all the Pharisees in this category, but some Pharisees for sure love this end of what Jesus was saying here. Do not throw what is holy to the dogs. Don't, don't give your pearls to swine. Because we know that some Pharisees had no problem refusing to enter into the homes of Gentiles. Gentiles were the dogs to them, and so I'm not going to step foot inside your house. That's an easy one. Another one is they would avoid lepers or people with certain diseases, right? These are folks we just stay away from. They've got their own place. You stay over there. I'll stay over here. Or eating with tax collectors and prostitutes, which is really kind of the problem that they had with Jesus when he's coming along and he's doing all the things you're not supposed to do. Like we, we can see this. Uh, this is good advice. Don't give what is holy to the dogs. And here Jesus is giving holy things to dogs. What's up with that? But, you know, I, I, I think, I think that in general, laws and absolutes tend to be the path of least resistance. It doesn't mean that the rule or the law is easy to follow, but as long as you have something to follow, that is a path of least resistance. There's a song uh, from a guy, Derek Webb, wrote this song called A New Law. And he's talking about how Jesus comes along and kind of throws out all this gray area. And, and people are just saying, just give me a new law. Just, just come off the mountain like Moses. If you've got something new to give us, just come off the mountain, give us the new law so we can follow it and we can get to work following the law. Why? Because that's the path of least resistance. It's much easier to follow a law than to do what Jesus is calling for us to do here. At least in my interpretation, Jesus is actually asking us to live life in that gray area. Somewhere in between the two absolutes that he's just presented here. You see, one side spectrum is this command to not judge. Do not judge. Never judge. You got your own problems. Worry about yourself. Then on the other side, you've got this command to make sure that you judge well and withhold holy things from the people that you judge not worthy of those things. Now, I'm uncomfortable with that side of the spectrum, but I understand Jesus is saying something that perhaps discipleship is somewhere in the middle, guided by one rule that we can depend on in all things, and that is this golden rule that he says. Look, at the end of the day, make sure you're doing to other people what you would have them do for you if the roles were reversed. 
This is the one thing that can guide you in all of this. But discipleship seems to be this walking in this gray area. And this is the last that we hear about dogs and holy things until Matthew chapter 15. Right, so this is chapter 7. Jesus wraps up the sermon out, continues his ministry, picks up a few more disciples. And then in Matthew 15, this somewhat strange and disturbing story. See what you make of this. I think we have this on the screen. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. He ignored her. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and to throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. So what do we see from this story? Lay lay aside the fact that it's troubling. What do we see from this story? Who are the dogs to Jesus? The Gentiles, perhaps maybe even the Canaanites specifically. This is a Canaanite woman. What are the holy things that are to be withheld from them? Well, in this case, Jesus is healing people. She's asking for healing. I can't give you what is meant for the children. I can't give it to a dog. This is troubling, right? This is hard to hear. And yet, when she pushes back and challenges his judgment, what does he do? We see him move from this this extreme, this side of the spectrum. He moves back into this gray area and says, you know, your faith is really great. I'm going to do for you what you ask. And her daughter is healed. And as troubling as you might find this story, I wonder... I wonder if Jesus is being very intentional here because he's just laid out for the disciples in this three-chapter sermon. Make sure you keep your holy things to yourself and you give them to those who are worthy of them. Don't give them to the dogs. Don't give them to the pigs. And then we see this very thing unfolding and what Jesus does is the very thing that he's asking us to do in this sermon on the two sides of the spectrum. He says, move somewhere in the middle. Rely on grace. Remember the golden rule. So yeah, maybe I'm here for the children of Israel, but in this case, in this circumstance, this woman is showing great faith, and God loves her just like God loves everybody. And yes, I'm going to do for her what she asks. And Jesus says, you know, this this road, this path of walking in this gray area, you would think if you've got this spectrum uh, that, that this over here would be a pretty narrow road. Like, I've got the command. I know what it is. Do not judge. Over here, I've got a pretty narrow road. Uh, make sure you judge between who's worthy and who's not and withhold things from them if, if they're not going to receive it. 
And then in between is this gray area. But Jesus says, actually, that gray area, that's the narrow path. That's the narrow path. And he says, life can only be found on that narrow path. And few find it. Most people end up on those wide roads. Either there's folks that never do any judging ever. You do whatever makes you happy. Then you got folks over here like the Pharisees that are judging anybody and everybody with no grace ever. And Jesus says, the narrow path is actually in between. And here's why it's narrow. Because walking in that gray area requires that we look to Jesus every single day in every single circumstance. It means that we have to be listening all the time. You can never go to sleep. You can never rest on the rule itself. You have to be listening. What do I do right now, Jesus? Holy Spirit, lead me. What am I supposed to do right now? Flexing and flowing. Never being rigid. Moving like water. True discipleship, Jesus is saying here, cannot rest on the rules. It requires that we pay attention. Judging when necessary, showing grace when necessary. Knowing that if and when we choose to exercise that judgment, which you may have to do at times, but knowing that when you do that, whatever standard you are using to judge will be used against you someday. So be very careful on when you dole out that judgment. Be very careful. Whatever it is that you're using to judge, well, the Bible says, well, guess what? The Bible's going to be brought up against you one day. Well, the church is, well, did you always follow what the church said? Whatever it is, whatever standard you're using, Jesus says, just be careful. That's going to be used on you. Man, I had one of these moments this week. Maybe you've had something like this before. You know, on Facebook, people can say all kinds of things, right? I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. You know, it can be really beautiful at times, and it can be just downright stupid at times. But I had one of these, one of these moments when, when some people that I know were just, just saying flat wrong things. They're just, they're just spreading falsities. And so my first inclination is, well, I have pearls of wisdom, right? I have the right answer. I tell Elena, I worked at Domino's, so I know everything. <laughs> and so here I get on Facebook, and I spend, I don't know, 30 minutes or so typing up, typing up my response. And I put all my links in there to show that what I'm saying is true. And I put in my snarky comments in just the right places to, you know, really hook you and I'm ready to hit send on this. And Elena's sitting there, and I said, Elena, should I post this? And she said, well, what is your reasoning? What's your purpose? Well, they're wrong. They, they need to be shown that they're right. Okay, do you think it's going to change their mind? Well, I don't know, but somebody needs to tell them, right? She said, you know, it's probably just going to start a fight. Probably will. And then I remember Jesus' words. Don't give what's holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. They're going to turn around and maul you. And I thought, hmm. Hmm. 
mean, as much as I wanted to be right, I had to exercise thoughtful judgment here. And so on one hand, like I recognize this whole situation, this 30 minutes that I just spent typing this thing up, it was a waste of my time. Man, I could have been doing better things, right? And then also there's this voice in my ear that says, did you check your own eye before you started grabbing for that speck in theirs? And I went, shoot. Well, thanks to my perceptive, intelligent, thoughtful wife, I deleted the posts. I didn't post it. But this was that moment this week. You know, I'm getting ready to preach the sermon, and I get into this gray area. Do some people need to be told the truth about lies that they're telling? Absolutely. Are we supposed to show grace? Absolutely. Do we need to check the specks in our eyes before we, or the two-by-fours before we go after specks and others? Absolutely. This is not cut and dry. This is very gray, right? It's moment by moment. It's spirit-led. And yet it's so much easier just to pick one of the rules that you like and stick with that one. And this isn't the only thing that Jesus is talking about. As we wrap up the Sermon on the Mount here, I didn't read all of it for you, but uh, judging and not judging isn't the only kind of spectrum he's giving us here. He talks about uh, asking God for nothing versus asking God for everything and anything that you want, right? Sometimes it's appropriate to ask God for things. Sometimes you probably shouldn't ask for that. He talks about uh, not worrying about tomorrow versus uh, in Luke, he talks about counting the cost of tomorrow before you proceed into it, right? Yeah, so, so don't ever worry about anything. Well, that, you know... Worry about everything always, all the time. Make sure you got your plans in place for tomorrow. This is gray. He talks about relying on your faith versus relying on your actions to make you right with God. This is a spectrum. Some folks will stand on the last day and say, Lord, look at all these things we did in your name. He's going to say, I never knew you. You did all the right actions, but maybe the faith wasn't there then he also says, listen, if you have faith in me, make sure you do what I tell you to do. You're like a person who builds your house on the rock. Don't rely on only actions. Don't rely on only faith. Like there's, this, is, this is this gray spectrum here that Jesus is giving us. It's not as clear cut as we would like it to be in following Jesus. Following Jesus is a both and, not an either or. Following Jesus is a narrow road that at times can be very, very lonely when everybody else is on the wide path and you want to correct them. It's a road that requires uncomfortable choices when easier ones could be made. So I want to close with just a portion of a very famous poem from Robert Frost. You all know it. He said, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Folks, Jesus is asking us to travel a road that is less traveled. The grass is still high, right? We are pioneers walking on this path because most people choose the trodden path, the easier path. And I can't speak for that. I'm not going to judge those people. I think there's grace there too. But I just know for me and for us, this is what Jesus is calling us to.
a life of discipleship that requires attentiveness every single day in all that we do, guided by the golden rule, for that is the law and the prophets. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You all grab the hand of the person next to you, form a big chain throughout this place, a chain of love. Don't forget, 2 o'clock here at the church if you want to go meet the bishop. And with that, will you receive this blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know that you are perfectly loved, completely forgiven, and you're uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out into the world and walk that narrow path of discipleship as a disciple of Jesus. Guess what? You're probably going to mess up. You're going to step off the path this week. We all do it. And I need you to know, when that happens, it doesn't change how God feels about you. Because God's in nature is love itself. And so by grace, He looks at us all and says, Beloved, you messed up, but I still think you're the best of the best of the best. And I think if you can just take that into your heart today, it would change everything. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please take that good word and go from this place in peace.